0: three two,
1: three, four. You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network, Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison.
0: And here's a man with a plan. Leader of the band, buff and tanned. Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Oh, hey, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Bob. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, motherfuckers. Coming to you live from Portland, Oregon. We share stories that show again and again that there is light at the end of the tunnel. That happiness and success are a state of mind, not the result of material gain or fame. Don't get me wrong, I like making money, but it's really learning to rock the journey. Our best guests on Felony Inc., have discovered the amazing power of accountability and have converted adversity to wisdom and a success mindset. Most of our guests have been convicted of felonies and are now honest, hardworking entrepreneurs. Owning up for my past mistakes and the willingness to work harder than anyone else have been essential to my own triumphs. If you're not passionate and willing to work hard, you might as well have winning the lottery as your life plan. That's how good your odds are positive change isn't easy. Transformation can be a real bitch. As usual, my co-host is Lad Justison. I've known Lad for, what, 20 years, Lad? Yes, sir. Yeah, ever since we met on the prison yard at Snake River, back in 1998. And I can testify that the horrible rumors that you hear about him around town are inaccurate. The truth is a hell of a lot worse.
2: That's right. So... This, we've had some really cool things coming up, Dave. You know that, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. Are they really cool? Or... They are. The Killer Granddaddies, are our band, which is like kind of medium to moderate uh, players, you know, but all good looking guys, um, are going to be playing on December 21st at Dante's down on Burnside, downtown Portland. That's right. You can come down there and listen to the Killer Granddaddies. We might even throw in a couple special Christmas songs. Oh boy! Yes, and then on the twenty second, this is going to be a special good one. guest vocalist, maybe. That's right. Mm. And then on the twenty second, the next day, we yeah. are going to be playing for DDA. Yeah, uh, that's Dual
0: Diagnosis Anonymous. Anybody who doesn't know what that is, uh, Dual Diagnosis Anonymous um, helps people that uh, are, are duly diagnosed, in other words, uh, mental illness and addiction and my you know in my experience, those things kind of go together anyway. but it, when someone is willing to admit that they have a mental issue, then they can work on it and that's
2: what DDA is all about. That's right, so we'll be playing for them. We'll be trying to raise some money for their for their uh, cause. and guess what Dave Special guest of who? my daughter and. Trent Beaver, oh, is Trent coming? Well, Trent Beaver, well, yep. But Trent's going to be there, and uh, somebody's got to, you know, make these things known. I so let you know. No, you, you said you were going so talk busy. to him. I already talked to him and told you. Okay, well. that's right. And then, the Killer Granddaddies are going to be playing on the thirty-first of December, New right. Year's Eve, yeah. down at the, where, Dave. At the uh, um, Hilton, I think. That's right. For the governor's ball and Patrick Lamb, really well-known player around the Portland area, is going to be playing on one floor. We're going to be playing on another. There's going to be a lot of great people. Oh man, we're we're really the
0: bottom of the bill.
2: That's right. We we open up for another bottom of the bill band. (laughs) Do we? (laughs) No. (laughs) But anyway, that's the two
0: granddaddies are opening up for the kidney stones. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, hey, anyway, today's guest, that's a lot more important, is Scott Jennings, proprietor of FitTech and Assembly, which provides routine maintenance, service, installation, and repair for for exercise equipment in homes and in gyms. He started this business in
2: 2010 after serving three years in the joint for selling cocaine, lad. Whoa. And you know what, Dave? In, in his first year, Scott had about 30000 30, in sales. But this year, he's looking at around half a million in revenue. Servicing clients like Gold's Gym, Crunch, Planet Fitness, and the YMC around Charlotte, North Carolina. How about that? Scott tells me now he's an
0: open book. So I look forward to hearing about his, uh, about all this, how it came
2: about. You know, uh, are you curious? Oh, man, you know what? Um, I like this because uh, every time I go to your house, um, you're working out on some equipment, and this guy could probably uh, fix the stuff you break all the time. Yeah, but he's probably over all the way over in North Carolina,
0: so that's not going to be
1: easy. He can come.
0: Well, anyway, hey, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, Mr. Scott Jennings. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we're
0: having a lot of fun little technical difficulties today, but we're going to be all right.
1: I well, think. if it's a treadmill, we'd come fix it. Ah, <laughs> well, there. So I, I have a.
0: Um, I personally use a uh, stairmaster, stair stepper that mm-hmm. uh, I paid a ton of money for, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it works for me. I, I, can't do a lot of things because I had a bad leg, but this one works for me. So, um, and then I have, I have a kind of a free weight cable. Um, machine it's it, it's it's like doing free weights right
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. um and that works for me so i've been doing pretty well with that lately anyway what, let's talk about let's talk about you
1: well, what, what can i tell you you can start can I, you I'll, can, enlighten you <laughs> well
0: I, I when i first uh you know i read about you the to the level to the extent that i could find information and one thing that you said is like when you were a youngster, you already had
2: entrepreneurial tendencies. Like like lad has. Well, well, s- Stop there. Tendencies. Um, <laughs> you know why? You know why that is, Scott? Because Dave looks like he looks like he's ten years old. No, anyway. So um, that's all pretty disgusting. Yes, so, it is. Now,
0: um, but anyway you had entrepreneurial tendencies and so you had like a you know you buy a, a candy bar for a dime and go sell it for 25 cents
1: right yeah I, I was the kid who um early on you know you know how it is when you're young you don't understand exactly what you're doing but i i would be walking to school uh, go, for middle school and i'd stop by the pharmacy and buy the 10 cent candy and i'd sell it to you for 25. Yeah, fair <coughs> enough. So with that being said, it, when drugs entered my life, immediately, immediately, I said, why should I pay for this? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, that that was, a mis- I guarantee you, I got high for the first time at 15. And by let's see here i don't know within a couple of months i'm sure i probably sold my first quarter to somebody sure. you know Absolutely. i was like man this is you know how can i make money off of this and get mine for free and uh and it sort of kicked off from there you know well i know all about that um
0: i wasn't a successful drug dealer till i was much older i mean I, I always pretty much did more than i sold yeah, I was
1: never successful at all, I don't think.
0: Not really. Later on, I, I got successful in the sense that <laughs> I was able to buy a big bag, and so that I didn't use more than I sold. But, yeah, um, you know, you have to learn how to do that, and it really is just such a terrible thing. It It doesn't, it goes nowhere, it
1: hurts people. No, fast money never lasts. It's yeah. Just that simple. That's why. That's why. You know. Look, look at strippers. All right. God bless them and all. But come on. I mean, when they, if you look at their lifestyle, look at where they are when they come at, when they finally leave that industry, they're usually dead broke. You know, they can because they make buku money. They can go spend it all in one day. They can buy their cars. They can buy homes. Uh, you know, whatever they're doing. Then suddenly, when they walk away, they have nothing because their mentality has always been oh. I can just go get that money again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. for
0: the most part, I think that's true. And it, it, occasionally, you'll meet one who is really uh, put st- socking it away for better yep. better opportunities. Yep. Um, yep. And that's the case with everybody. But when you're using, when you're doing drugs, and you're using drugs, I mean, it's very rare for somebody to turn that into
1: something good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm sober today. Though. That's all that matters.
0: Good for you. Yeah. So uh, what I read is you went to prison for the drugs and when was that
1: so in two thousand and five my ex-wife and me started having problems we we were great friends today let's make this even more interesting she's worked for me for the last four years we have a great relationship her and my wife get along just fine, so there is hope that you can repair relationships. Um, but in 2005, things we were just becoming more roommates than anything. We didn't have the tools to know how to fix a relationship. Um, we sort of got thrusted in. Uh, you know, through uh, the party scene and and then she got pregnant. And so I, I you know, I stepped up and did my thing. That no, right. was a marriage it wasn't, and, wasn't really meant to be, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, if, if we would have probably met on other circumstances, we would have just been good friends. You know, but we, we, we made a go at it. And so it sort of reached this point and, and I left the home. And um, my mentality, being that I've always dealt drugs or done something, in some way shape or form was oh well i have friends right now who are doing a fair amount of cocaine i'll just sell cocaine and um well i I didn't really have a problem ever like i was the kind of guy growing up when i tried coke i didn't like coke and i didn't like coke I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. I didn't get Boy, a Well, I love the hell out of it. That's too bad. I, I did not. <laughs> and the strange thing is, is I got addicted before I knew I was addicted. Because like any other good drug dealer, I would make sure that if I was around you, you were going to end up buying something from me. Or shortly, you would. Because I'd give you a bump, and then I'd take a bump. You know? And no. I baited you. And I was doing this to my, my good friends, right? And so next thing you know, I'm addicted. But I'm addicted to the process, you know? And okay. and so you know the mirror the chopping the blending yeah. you know the, the, the i like that
0: up. part too uh
1: yeah like, all I, that right yeah and so i'm getting hooked in so many ways and next year my habit starts to grow by the time the cops got me i was at about a five gram a day habit um mm. which is not a good habit to have people do more no. people do less and they all die in the process basically a, um, a eight ball and a half yeah and and it was like nonstop. But I was also the kind of person too, because I didn't get the same effect. Um, I would be cutting. I would I, I would blend everything in a in a um, in a uh, coffee grinder, and mm-hmm. I'd pour it out in a bowl. And I would literally take a tablespoon, just dip it in, and snort. And if mm-hmm. a gram, two grams went up, God only knows. That's where it started, mm-hmm. right? You know the kind of stuff that just kills you <laughs> yeah and you didn't even <laughs> no like it that much <laughs> no <laughs> rationale behind it right no yeah. understanding of the pool that i'm in you especially know,
0: smart- it, well the hard part for me to understand is is not liking it and getting addicted to it i, I still know, don't
1: and I, I never got the buzz that anybody talks about never oh my i don't God. understand it. Yeah, so i did so God, i would love getting, that stuff i was getting you know i was I was a slave to something that had zero payoff. <laughs> that is
0: fascinating. Yeah. That's that's, yeah. A, that's a rare story
1: there. So Unusual. in 2006, uh, I was dealing, and I'd gotten up to you know uh, buying big eights and and stuff like that, and, and, and dealing, getting them to bigger quantities, and being naive, I didn't know really what the pool was that I was swimming in. And a guy who I was dealing with some um, called me and said, "Hey, you know." It, couple weeks prior and said you know i uh i got a guy who's come to me that occasionally his man cannot deliver and he will come and ask for you know a little bit of quantity i said fine if i can get it i'll do it well a couple weeks later he calls me he says hey can you get me this amount which two big eights would have been 250 grams and um and i said well i can't get it all but i'll bring you what i got and so i had my son that day um and I dropped off my son. I went to my dealers, Come to find out they were already following me. I went to my dealers. I picked up, or my dealer came to me. I can't quite remember. I think he came to me actually. They were sitting apart, across the street from the home I was renting, um, watching us. I get in the car. He leaves. Um, I get in my car. I go to the guys. I'm going to the guy's house uh, who had called me. Blue lights going behind me. I knew exactly what was happening right then and there um i knew i was busted uh i was scared uh this i'm in my 30s i'd never been in trouble in my life my friends we were a very tight-knit group they had not been in trouble uh i think the worst case scenario you might have had was a dwi out of anybody um so i am jacked out of my gourd and now i'm visibly shaking because i know what's going on so the cop walks up and he's like (laughs) why are you uh, shaking so bad son and uh, God only knows what stupid excuse fell out of my mouth but I knew it was busted and then obviously you start looking around and realize that there's a bunch of undercover cars pulling up beside you as well and, um, and what, got, what, got,
0: you know, what, what got them tipped off to you do You know,
1: well they, so the guy who ordered the big the, the big quantity mm-hmm. he got busted at 8am in the morning for having a fight a, a, a nice a loud verbal fight with his girlfriend at 8am after staying up all night out in the courtyard of his apartment complex. They busted him. He had me busted by eight o'clock at night, that simple. He he never, and we know how it goes. That's never never
0: surprising, yeah. Yeah,
1: he never went to prison. So that means that he had to, you know the system, he had to start ratting on people. Essentially he was a
0: rat. And and you know, and this is something I like to point out that a rat is not a citizen who tells on somebody. A rat is somebody who's in the game and tells on somebody when they get in trouble yeah and that's not
1: a good person
0: uh but you know that happens and
1: yeah it is it is what it is you know if you're gonna do the deed do the time yeah and and i'll fully admit this too though i mean i was scared and i can look back now and go when they busted me my inner soul sighed and said it's over you're done yeah. You know, finally, because a couple months prior, I'd said something to my girlfriend of the time, who was my party buddy. Man, I, I don't know how to stop this stuff, and we, we were both addicted. So of course, she doesn't go, "Hey, go get sober, go to NA, go to AA, go go somewhere." Yeah. You know, it was it was all the stuff that we tell each other. Um, and so, you know, I was ready to be done. Now, did you get out of bail at that point? You- yeah. So well, yeah, here's the funny thing I was literally arrested in the parking lot right across the street from the jail in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> Easy. That
0: was a short ride.
1: <laughs> well, the detectives at least took me up to their office, which was a couple blocks up the street. But yeah, I didn't get very far. Yeah. Um, And uh, so they end because they already knew who my dealer was because he already had a record. They got him in the process of it all. They saw, you know, interaction between us. Um, A lot of things just sort of went down. It was bad. Unfortunately, the dealer he died. Uh, He OD'd, um, had a heart attack and uh, something all at the same time, and and it sucks. You know, that's just what this this stuff does to us. Play the game. Uh, Sometimes you lose. Yeah. You know, so I look at it this way, right? I stayed out for a year. I'll fully admit, and I say this now in my story, whether I'm at a meeting or and I go in prisons all the time, and I talk about this. And I said I truly thought about, you know, starting to hit up the pool halls and stuff, and, and rolling on people because I was scared. I had an eight-year-old son at home. You know, I didn't, know, but I didn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do that to another human being.
0: Right, um, and it puts but, you in a uh, that marks you too for
1: yeah, well, like, but yeah, it, and but, you know, and it really just comes down to I had all this fear going in, hmm. and, and but to say that when that judge sentenced me to thirty five to forty two ye- months, you know, when I had to turn around and look at my mother and see the look on her face, and so forth, he's he was one that crushed me. Two, he saved my life. You know, so the guy who busted me saved my life. Yeah, and that's the way I, I got out. Yeah, I got out, and I I mean, I I I thanked him for saving my life through the power of Facebook. It was a little bit of a backhanded way of doing it, but I did. It was better uh, than nothing. A lot better. And and I just choose to make sure I'm not in places where I know he may be. Which I don't. I don't go to those places really anymore, anyways. But um, if he's in a room, like if I were to go to a concert or something, and that guy walks in, uh, I just leave. You know. Instead of getting angry and, and letting those feelings come up, uh, because where he saved my life, I'm still like you peace up. You still you still got that uh yeah. resentment yeah. a little bit. And yeah. It'll be great
0: yeah. it'll be great for you, of course, when you completely get rid of that resentment. Uh we all have you know, I, I personally, um I can chalk up just about every bad thing in my life to resentment and uh yep. negative feelings and everything's every you know it, it all happens for a reason it all happens because uh apparently we need to learn a lesson um it, even
1: you know and that's exactly it you hit the nail on the head i way the way i look at it is this god set my tail down for just shy of three years of my life and said, sit down, shut up, and listen, all right? So I didn't grow up in a house of addiction. I didn't grow up a house with a lot of issues that other people end up in, but I was headstrong, wanted to do everything in my way in life. I still want to do everything my way in life. I'm still headstrong, but I'm also mature enough now, and what I did was it got me around other men to teach me to become a man, because what happened was when I smoked pot for the first time at 15, I was emotionally stuck at 15 years old. Gotcha. And here Uh I'm in my 30s yeah Yeah. that's that's funny that's funny
2: because dave stuck at 15 years old too it
1: happens to the best
2: but but i did pretty well for
1: being 15 (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly And, and so and it led to a fit tech and assembly it led to you know other things because if i wasn't a felon and had a hard time finding work i mean i came home after three years and i end up Landscaping for nine nine fifty an hour, um, working for a guy who's an ex felon, and um, nine fifty. Wow. Nine nine fifty. I had a nine hundred dollar month rent on my home. Uh, I had uh, then a. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in sobriety too. But my significant other was on uh, unemployment because this is two thousand and ten. So uh, the economy has going to crap, and. Um, and, and I had four hundred dollars a month child support. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not gonna you're, take, not, you're not gonna be yeah. able to
0: meet any of those those
1: uh, needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I fell into the fitness equipment industry just by accident. Um, I get a phone call one day from uh, someone out of Tennessee, and they said, "Hey, you you sent in a resume through Craigslist to repair fitness equipment." I was like no was this is summer 2010 so here in north carolina we deal with 100 percent humidity on a regular basis we had an extremely hot summer many days at well over 95 degrees and many days that busted 100 here so those are terrible days to be landscaping and um especially we did a lot of irrigation work so i was i had a shovel in my hands a lot um and the first thing I said to the man was, "I did." He said, "Yes." And the second thing was, "Is it inside?" He said, "Yes." I said, "Let's talk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you really
0: didn't, did you? Did you put I in? I have
1: no idea. I have no idea when I sent this guy information. So I worked for a. Um, a, a company in our industry we on the residential side we have these companies that hire contractors nationwide to do repairs uh, and assembly work so trampolines uh, play you know play sets fitness equipment and so forth and this company just did fitness equipment so start off as a contractor with them didn't know what I was getting how little of the pie i was really getting in the Mm. big scheme of things uh work and i came into them working with them in september of 2010. i got out february of 2010. i started working for them in september of 2010. uh so come to find out that's the beginning of busy season for residential work um and so i worked all through the winter and then summer came around i had a new girlfriend uh who is now wife and um she made the mistake of may of 2011 she goes she's you know I, well, no, I met her in may of 2011 that was her first mistake <laughs> uh, but through the summertime i started to starve and i was living you know bare minimum i mean i had a good life going i landed in some beautiful places to live and and stuff like that but suddenly there wasn't much money and she made the mistakes of probably like august of of uh, of 2011 saying, well, why don't you just start your own business and so in mm-hmm. September of 2011 FitTech and assembly started and I had I had an 86 Toyota pickup truck Doodoo brown you know the kind of little ones that have no air no nothing yeah. uh, oh, yeah. 75 it's, bucks in a bag of toys and a lot of desperation and fear yeah. and um, here we are you know seven and a half years late seven plus years later and you know uh, I heard Lad say, well, we'll make it, you know, half a mil this year. No, we'll do about seven this year and with the launch of our install company, you know, the goal is is next year I wanna do more close to I wanna do one point two or better next year. So you're thinking seven hundred
0: thousand this year?
1: Yeah, I'll get very close. I'm at six ten right now as I look at QuickBooks. Right on, yeah. It you know
0: it said it. yeah, it said something like a half million um, in the article yeah. we read.
1: So, you know so that's that's just service work that's just mm-hmm. going out and fi- fixing fitness equipment and now installing fitness equipment and you know and there's companies that are much bigger and there's companies that are much smaller but this is my platform to prove one to myself that I'm not that old person that I used to be mm-hmm. um, prove to my mother that I'm not that person that I used to be because we all have we it always gives back to our parents right in some way shape yeah and, and
0: she she didn't <laughs> It's not her fault, you, messed yeah,
1: up. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and then, you know, also change lives. So I do everything I can to be a leader, yeah. um, to learn to be a good leader. I get things wrong all the time. Today, I've been very wrong at a lot of stuff. It's been one of those days. <laughs> where if it can go wrong. It has gone wrong oh, today. God. And I've probably not been the best person to be around. However, you know, more often than not, I'm trying to, because to, I'm constantly working on my personal being through my sobriety, but also through uh, podcasts such as yours or, you know, the, the thought leaders in the world like Ed Milette, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Grant Cardone. Um, Gary, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Gary Vee, yeah. uh, Bedros. You mm-hmm. know, um, Bedros' uh, uh, Empire podcast is really great. Valuetainment. Uh, yeah. David. Uh, uh, so
0: one uh, day you, you, be, you yeah. hope to be one of those guys.
1: Well, that kind I don't know thing. if I want to be one of those guys. But you're that going to, use, you're going to, to practice
0: do, those principles at least.
1: I want, yeah, I want to be the best version of me possible. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I and I want and that's, to a constant, do that's a constant.
0: That's a constant improvement yes. thing. That's always yeah, something you should be work, we we work on as entrepreneurs. Anybody who wants to be successful in life have being successful is right now. Even though you're having a bad day, you are. You're you're taking the bull by the horns, and you're saying, you know, hey, I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm take care of this podcast right now. That's what I got. That's what I got on my plate, and exactly. I'm, I'm gonna knock it out of the park to the best of, best of my ability, and then I'm gonna go tackle the next thing.
1: And yeah, actually, I'll the do next thing better probably next be, time. The next thing should probably be apologies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's what it yeah. is. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was curious, uh, how many employees do you are you are you the only one that doing your uh, – it sounds like you need a, a couple of employees.
1: Right? No, we are up to uh, – All right, in North Carolina, we have 11 of us, and then we have just launched a satellite office right outside of D.C., um, this kid Jared came on with us, and we're trying to turn Jared into uh, our first franchise. That's that's the complete goal. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but right now he's sort of working as like a contractor slash whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so he would make 12, and then obviously he's got his helper, so we could say 13. Um, we're growing in leaps and bounds in a lot of ways yeah you know, I mean yeah uh, good
0: honest work doing you know you're you're making happy customers right mm-hmm. um it seems to me that's a fairly i like i like the business because um as an entrepreneur, I would like to be in that business, I believe because I like the um the sort of finiteness of what you're doing you can say, well, this is a good job, this is done' you know this thing works good, this machine is working nice, and you know i I did my job. Um, yeah, it has an
1: immediate payoff. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like it's like, it's like if you're a cook, if you if you're a cook or a chef, right? The the why a, a kitchen is so stressful. Um, and I don't know. And Dave, I know that you came from the bread world, but I don't know about the cooking world. But anybody who's ever cooked, right? Yeah. Okay, but you know, but even it's same the same thing. thing at home, right? Yeah. So, but a chef, you know, or a cook, you have ten minutes to produce the best thing, closest thing to perfection you can. Yeah. You know, and, whatever. You,
0: and you have a lot of experience. A person has the experience to draw on, and they have instructions that they may, or, you know, things that they've read and people they've talked to, and, you know, experiment until you get it better and better
1: and better, you know. Yep. Yep. And for us, it's, it's just about providing the best customer service we can. Um, I, I truly believe that one of the things that our world suffers from is really good communication. Um, business begins and ends with communication. So does every single relationship we have. Begins and ends with communication, Absolutely. and and so that's the one thing we are constantly trying to hammer home is communication between staff, communication between staff and customers, um, and rate, keeping a s- extremely high standard and positive
0: uh, of, communication.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and and one of the things that I heard I don't know where I heard this, um, but somebody was interviewing another business owner and it, and you know it could have been on you know uh, one of the TV shows or something. and this business owner just had said, you know we try to always be ten percent better than everybody else.' That's an attainable goal. Yeah. And that hit home. It was like, oh, wow, that is, yeah. you know. So let's strive for, to be the best we can, but know that 10% is a very rational thought process. You know, it just means that, you know, we, we clean up our notes when we're sending in a work order to a, over to a customer for payment. You know, it just means that we take a moment to... Um, Make sure that when a customer calls, that we clarify exactly what is happening instead of presuming what is happening. And you know things what?
0: Like I've worked with. It's it's interesting that you're doing this and you're doing this in this industry, because I've dealt with all sorts of these kinds of things over the years as a consumer more than anything, and um, or you know, as a business guy too. But um, you know, people. It just drives me crazy to to deal with folks who seem to not have any competition they're just like they're not they're not even trying to beat themselves you know they're mm-hmm. they don't really care you know what i mean it, there's a mm-hmm. lot of that out there good and not even good uh, it's just like well <laughs> go ahead get it, get it done somewhere else you know uh they don't may not say that but it's like you don't really have anywhere to go so
2: yep um, yep. You're
0: stuck with these uh, uh, jackasses.
2: Well, you know, Dave, you've yeah. got to take a quick break here. Yes, but we do. when we come back, i got a question for, for Scott. So let's hit the break.
0: CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring, their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Who the holy fuck was that? Support for today's episode <laughs> comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit CallRuby.com slash StartupRadio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code StartupRuby. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a
2: hundred and fifty dollar credit. You know what, Scott? Yes, sir. That, uh, it took two days for Dave to record those two, Shut up. two t- ads t- right there. It took me about, what, an hour? <laughs> Half an hour to do... <laughs> like 20, 20 yeah, 20 minutes. We just knocked
0: it out. <laughs> and then he just edited all the crap out.
2: <laughs> it's good. You know what? But you know what, Dave? Those CPA dudes, I'm telling yes. you, man. Those guys. Well, we like those guys. Oh, man. We've
0: even had them on our show.
2: Yeah, they're great, man. Yeah. They do they do a job. And you know what? They're really, really reasonable. Yep. And okay. Ruby's... I'm going to get you something from Ruby someday. That's what I'm going to do.
1: Man, there's nothing like a good bookkeeper.
0: Oh man, that's really important. You got to have somebody speaking of cooks. You got to have somebody who can cook those books.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So anyway, now Dave, 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 uh, we're not going there. anymore. you know, I just mess around. (laughs) I just
1: just play. I just play a little
0: bit, you know. So so
1: here's the funny thing: is my is my bookkeeper me and him did time together. (laughs) Well, you know
2: what? You know what, Scott? Uh, That that was my question. You know, um, at Dave's Kill of Bread, at one point when you know before Dave sold the company, we had 250 or more uh, employees. Around 300 then. And about a third of those uh, employees were ex-felons. So,
1: yeah, uh, you, you just
2: mentioned that. So, oh, if you have a, any of give us a few. Yeah, give us a few stories about other guys that you've helped out.
1: Well, let's see here. <clears throat> All right, so one, you know, I've already said I set a standard, and I set a high standard. I don't, I can't take excuses to the bank, and, and you know, and excuses don't take care of the customer, right? Damn right? Um So, I am very much a person when when I do interviews i um i'll ask you you know look do you have any i'm going to run a background check on you because i have to right because we're in schools we're in colleges we're in all kinds of places but i, I first i say you know first i'm a second chance employer all right that what i need you to know need to know is what am i going to find in your background and if they're very honest great if if my staff runs a back, national background check and you leave one thing off yeah, I'm not talking to you.
0: Yeah, it's that, it's that accountability too. I mean, it
1: shows yeah. that hey, look, I'm accountable for what I've done. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. need to know that you are yeah. done. Yep. You know, because I cannot have my life ruined, or everybody else's involved ruined because you want to make a choice. And
0: there's there's yeah. an, there's a way I look at it. Having hired so many of these folks, I have philosophy, a long philosophy, a long. Yeah, I could go on for days, but. Uh, one of the things one of the ways I look at it is I want success, okay? I do not choose people that are going to fail. I try yep. not to so you know that's that's the thing you do with no matter who you're who you're interviewing for a job. Um, but especially an ex felon, you want these people to succeed because you want the idea to succeed and you want it to continue to, to succeed. So you don't just pick anybody out of a crowd. You, yeah, you yeah. Just like anything else, you pick the best person for the job. That was my philosophy with Dave's Killer Bread pick the best person for the job if they happen to be a felon which quite often they were um, we would hire them
2: but you know David yeah. another thing that uh, you' uh, on those lines is that when you were looking at people to hire um, you didn't just look at what they have been doing when they since they got out mm-hmm. you were looking at what they were doing
0: that's very important and uh, do you do you think about that too when you're hiring people um, you look upstream and see what they've been up to since they've been in trouble.
1: You know, only here recently have I started to, like, check out Facebook pages and stuff like that. Um, you know, because I've just heard some horror stories where, right. you know, someone's applying for a high-end job and then you know, and then uh, a recruiter goes in and looks at their Facebook page and all it is is partying and smoking blunts and this and that. Yeah. It's just like, well, if, you're, if your personal life is still like that, you know how do we guarantee what happens when you come in here um so i was i asked some pretty straightforward questions i I asked a lot of things that the average person isn't thinking about um Hmm. you know i'll ask you who your superheroes are you know who do you look up to? Um, things like that. Uh, I'm getting better at the interview process. I was terrible for <laughs> the longest time, and I'm still not that great. But I ran across a good set of questions online. <laughs> <One> <laughs> you know, of, yeah.
0: One of the greatest <laughs> things to do is be so, be <laughs> self-critical, and be willing to admit that you don't know something that well, so that you can get better. I, um, you know, what I was talking about as far as upstream, I meant. Uh, although what you 're saying makes a lot of sense, and i hadn 't really even thought of that um, the Facebook thing, but uh going back upstream, what have they been doing for the last few years you know
1: oh yeah, yeah when, yeah when yeah. they were
0: yeah. in and you know what I mean because they had to have been working on themselves if they 're just like okay progress, procrastinating until it 's time to get a job and they 've been doing nothing. Well, yeah. For
1: me, a lot of it is is how do you interact with me, all right? Because it, okay, so I'm I, the other week I was at uh, Polk Correctional Center talking. I was at part of this thing called uh, Square of Knowledge, where it was, and Polk is a youth correctional facility, so they max out of there at 22 years old. So these are all young men, and you know, and. The, the the staff while asking good questions and so forth you know what was happening is, is they were they were they were tiptoeing around the reality of things too much. So finally I just piped up and I said, look, you know, great, wonderful. We're covering, you know, ownership of problem of the problem that you did and, and we're starting to talk about what you can do. But here's what I wanna know. What are you gonna do? Because I see you guys sitting around here and you can tell me whatever the hell I fucking want. <laughs> the reality is, is I can look at you and I can tell you who's coming back because you're still mean mugging me. You're still pissed off at the world. And you know? it's like I don't need to know that. I need to know what you're doing today. Because if, you're, if you hung out on the street corner out in the street and you're still hanging out on the street corner here, you're going to go back out to the street corner.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, if you're hanging at the card table the whole time and betting your stamps and doing all that other stuff, you're not changing your life. But if you're hanging with the right people, and I don't care if you're going to church or not know, yeah. but if you're going to recovery programs because alcohol and drugs got you here, in a, then maybe you're doing something right. Are you owning your stuff, or your boys because it, you know it's 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 youth prison, right? It's a gladiator school. Yeah. yeah. So, so if your boys are going around and, and and being bullies, and you're hanging with the bullies, hmm, pretty, I got a good I got to say eighty percent chance we're going to see you back here.
0: Right, and, so you got I, you got I, the right approach, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't back down, and so when I when you interview when I interview with you, and there's not a confidence there, there is. I start look. I might only done three years, but I got good radar. Yeah, and 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 trust me, some some people have gotten by. Oh my gosh, I've been appalled at some of the stuff. But I now, as soon as I see the slightest thing in the interview, you know. I really have to search my gut and I start listening to my gut mm-hmm. and, and so forth uh, because I, I still spend all the time in the prisons volunteering. Here in the state of North Carolina, I can take out guys for six hours at a time out of a, of, out of a minimum custody camp. I get this I got this volunteer pass oh, allows me cool. to go in yeah so it's, it's a, re, in a re reintegration program but I can also take out lifers um I haven't been this year I got way too busy but my my one of my last guys was a lifer I mean he was already in 30 years didn't have an and end you took base, him out but, to the street yep we go out six hours at a time
0: wow well, and you didn't have to have like a uh you know firing squad there I mean nope wow nope okay so this guy nope. this guy had really earned his
1: way out too yeah i mean in this. 90 in 90 committed murder 90 no 89 committed murder convicted in 90 uh got, got sober in 91 and you know he just hadn't been in trouble and any any infractions in like you know seven eight years at that point in time and and uh you know so they
0: could just they, he pretty much had showed us. His new way—that he was on a new path. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah, they don't take
1: chances on people that that don't yeah. that,
0: that don't really <laughs> seem to have uh, turned. Yeah, and, and
1: we got a new warehouse. We, we 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 got a warehouse in in downtown Raleigh. So close to downtown Raleigh is is Wake Correctional. And my ultimate goal is is I would love to as soon as I can hire. You know and, and and stable well as soon as I stabilize my warehouse and it really starts needing more than just one person being there, um, I look forward to hiring my first worker lease guy or girl. You know, Great. and start giving because I want to give back. So, or you know, you guys found me through an organization called Inmates to Entrepreneurs, That's right? right. Um, it's important, and I made sure. Yeah, you, you guys interviewed with them, and I'm sure that will be produced at some point in time. Yeah, you know, all of us there, we want to give back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, it, and it's you in various know, degrees.
0: I've, I've various found, degrees. I found, I found I you know I've kind of. Been doing a lot of writing, getting ready to do a lot of things that I want to do with my story and helping people. You know the giving back aspect, um, and I found that there's sort of a for me there's a formula that works and kind of starts with humility and acceptance and realizing you know hey I'm no I'm not a bad guy I'm not a bad person but I'm not better than you and I'm not I'm not worse than I'm not worse you know I'm just a, I'm I'm a guy trying to do the best I can. And um, the beginning of that was humility, and I got courage from acceptance and humility and uh, began to turn my life around, Got eventually started Dave's Killer Bread. Um, it was more phenomenally successful than I expected. Of course, <laughs> nobody expects that kind of success. Um, but the whole time, giving back was a an integral part of the formula for me because um, I had something to give back. That's the thing. All my life, what did I have to give? Nothing. Um, I needed, I was needy. I didn't have anything to give anybody else. And once I did have something, having been, having experienced all that adversity uh, in the past, I just felt like I wanted to help people. And that's natural.
1: There's something about just being of service to another human being, but especially those who have either gone through addiction or or the prison, or, or, or just something extremely horrific, right? Adversity, uh, even if yeah. It, it, uh, it, yeah. all this adversity. You know, when you can show someone that, hey, it doesn't matter that you've been through this, you can take those darkest days and turn it into something completely amazing. But yes. you have to be 100% accountable to yourself and to everybody else, yeah. and more so to yourself. You cannot let yourself off the hook. Yeah, you know? you're damn I, I oh my gosh! I just I have such dreams and 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 goals and you know I, I and, and they'll never be accomplished you know if I, if I let myself off the hook if I go back to my old ways if I want to be mediocre I don't want to be mediocre right I, I wasted the first you know two thirds of my life well not two thirds about third right if we're living in ninety I was in my thirties you know I wasted so much of that on. On listening to what society does and making excuses and everything else and so people like like you guys right you know it's great that you're 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 continuously opening up doorways for other people to hear about ways to become successful you know, instead of making an excuse of, well, if you had my childhood or if this yeah. had happened to you, I'm sorry if you were molested. I'm sorry if yeah. this. I'm sorry if that, but it cannot be your excuse for your lack of success in life. Well put. You know, and, uh, it just, we ha- hey, what it needs to do is become your fuel. I am not well that person. You know, that is you so true. That you, is you got to deal with
0: it, you know it's that self-reliance you have to learn that self uh, you know accountability, yes, we all have things in our past that sucked and made us who we were. Um, you know, i I look at it as your result of two things, your genetics and your environment. So you know, we all have excuses if we want to if we want to yeah. live that way, which is a terrible way to live. Instead, we go, well, these are reasons why things may have happened, but they certainly are not going to stop me from being the best I can be.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so I know, I don't, you know, I, I listen, I've gone back and I've listened to your podcasts, not, a, not all of them, but handfuls of one. And so I know this about you is, you know, you did a lot of time, you were in and out. You know, you made a lot of bad choices in the process, but you and Lad met many years ago. You know, you've been great buddies ever since, but you guys have also worked together for quite some time now, am I correct? That's correct. Yeah. You know, and so you you sold the bread company. I know that you put your story on the side. Strange thing is, it was Dave's Killer Bread has only hit the East Coast here in the last, as far as it hit my radar, before I ever knew about the podcast or anything else, it was just in the last couple of years yeah that's right um hit i think it hit harris teeter over here is where it's being sold um you know and so and strangely enough before you guys reached out to me too probably two weeks prior my aunt texted me a picture of the side of the bread with your story <laughs> <laughs> and i said yeah i've heard of him now it's, you know, it's funny uh that's, that's
0: that's so interesting i love to hear the stories of initiation of Dave's yeah. um uh, you know i have lots of them but um, it's funny because the original story that I wrote on the, on the bag is not there. It's, yeah. it's a much watered down version because of the, because the, the company eventually said, oh boy, this guy's dangerous. We <laughs> we got to get away, f- We've got to distance ourselves as far as we can from him and yeah. just make him kind of a footnote. Uh, you know, so that was kind of interesting. And so what you read the people, now
1: is So People different. like you, people like you in my life were friends and, you know, I mean, I got a friend who a couple of them that did life, you know, in some way, shape or form, you know, some of them are now actors, yeah. you know, oh, they are, they are chasing dreams, you know, producing movies and, yeah. and they did life, you know, I get others that started limousine services and have become like the premier limousine service for, for, you know, like, uh, Durham Performing Arts Center here, which is where all the, the Broadway, off Broadway plays come th- as they come through and you know and things like that and um i just see success out of people who just have a background that if you got down to the nitty-gritty of who they used to be you'd be like whoa wait a minute hey, you know?
0: i want to come back to that brother uh but right now i'm going to let lad run his neck for a second just we'll come
2: right back to that well you mm-hmm. know i gotta i gotta read this uh ad jerry um I'm... Name's not jerry. what did i say jerry <laughs> you're oh that's right that's your scott that's your nickname scott yeah. All right, so today's episode of the Felony, Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility... For your business publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Wow. Okay. Oh, hey, and, uh, Scott, you know what? You seen that picture of Dave on uh, that? They your aunt sent you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cartoon drawing on the side.
2: Right. I just want to let you know that Dave's arms are not that big in real life. <laughs> yeah, but, but when you're when you're
0: creating a logo and you're working with yeah. an artist, yeah, uh, you know, and you're paying him a hundred dollars. Uh, it's like you get what you want you know what I
1: mean <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Wait. So, so you just went to the local amusement park and got down with the character drawing dude and said dude hook me up something
0: like that Yeah, <laughs> it, it would have been similar but it took me it took about 20 or 30 uh, renditions before he got to where I, I like it <laughs> Oh, so, so,
1: so you you hired the crackhead? <laughs> <in the corner.
0: laughs> hey, everybody needs work, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Remember, yeah.
2: remember that comic book that he came out with? You you look yeah. like a samurai warrior in oh, there. I something. look like oh. so
0: many different things with this guy, but there's so many drawings. Anyway, all is well. I uh, I I love the process of of that of you know. When I was creating the bread, and I was—it was basically a startup within a old company, um, my family company—but it was a completely mm-hmm. different idea, you know. And um, it was just me being myself coming out of prison, and it, God, people just loved it. But people just really reacted well to it. Um, but the product was was crucial. The product had to be exceptional, or none of it would have mattered. And and that's what you're yeah. doing. That's one of the things that you're doing.
1: Um, and I'm trying, you know, and, and like you guys, I just want to give back. I mean, you know, I want to create a platform over time in, in my my sphere of things. And trust me, this isn't all I want to do by any means. Uh, you know, me and my wife have some stuff going on. Some heart, some apps for the heart of hearing, uh, and and deaf. Um, is that something your wife is passionate about? Passionate about? Well, okay, no, okay. So that comes down to um, my wife is losing her hearing. My mother. Wears hearing aids. My stepmother wears hearing aids. Her father is legally deaf. I mean, we 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 have to get face to face and scream at him. So it's kind of running and, in the
0: family, and you. Well,
1: it's it. running across society. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, how many people in your own lives over there, or maybe yourself? I don't know, huh? wear huh? hearing aid. What?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly what
1: <laughs> you know yeah. and so um, uh, something happened between uh, my sister-in-law and, and her father we saw an interaction in the way they chose to interact and it got me and my wife talking and uh, we threw together some info we reached out to a guy who is trying to market uh, and it helped us find the funding to put all this together um, and, and market towards look, it's what do they say to be successful you got to solve problems right yes. and one of the places that is the most successful is in the aging community um, now this is a this is if this comes if this product comes to fruition to help those who are hard of hearing it's one because first and foremost because we were do, we were creating a tool one for my wife as she gets older the two most and foremost my father-in-law because he gets in a room it doesn't matter how much he may or may not have to say he doesn't say anything because uh, he can't hear. Yeah, that's so, Yeah, and so um, quality of life. We got that going on. You know, we got that going on. My, and my wife, my wife uh, her nickname is Sparkle Pony. So she is one of these people who's extremely creative and um, you can't stop her. She is, uh, her, you know, her nickname growing up was uh, uh, the Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, she, she, when she starts down the path, watch out, just move. Just go, do rips, her thing. stuff up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know and what, it's, not dist- it's not destructive. She is just a force of nature for sure. You know, I'm getting told here that and
0: we've had a great uh, show. We could have gone on quite a bit longer because um, you're very interesting with lots of things going on. Uh, but I want to thank our guest today, Scott Jennings. Uh, next week, our guest is Isaiah Holt of PowerFit Kids. And you know, um, before before we sign off, I want to make sure you get all your your plugs in, brother. Just let them go.
1: I appreciate. It. So okay, so it's, it's uh, the service company is called Fit Tech and Assembly. That's F I T T E C H, and you can find us at fittechassembly.com dot com. We service uh north carolina south carolina virginia um dc we are touching you know southern pennsylvania as well i sell equipment through PureFitSystems.com, purefitsystems.com and then um You can also find uh, something that's dear to my heart, which is Inmates to Entrepreneurs. Uh, And uh, And we didn't even
0: get to that, did we?
1: Yeah. You know, so great organization. The name is exactly what it does. We help individuals who have a record. We go into prisons. We find those who are free, who have a record. That's the only thing. We do free stuff for people, you know, where we help give them mentorship to find a better way of life. And that's usually through entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is leveling the playing field. If someone says, sorry, you can't have the job because you're a felon, well, you can have the job just Create the job yourself. Yeah. Um, Become so in, competition. <laughs> in, exactly. It makes entrepreneurs.org. No one. I think I've had a total of two background checks at the most since I started my own business so there you go well yeah. hey
0: man uh is that it right there did you get everything that's it. in? that's it thank you so much for being our guest i gotta let lad bring it out well i'm gonna thank keep this
2: nice and short dave coming up after the break is latino founder hour with your host edgar navis and claudia cardenas their podcast is usually in spanish so que
1: pasa <laughs> you're listening to the startup radio network listen learn launch